You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank show. Uh, one of our teams won last week. Um, Barely. It's not. It's not important who. Um, but <laughs> get get into the uh, most impressive, least impressive. Uh, who is your your most impressive team last week? Yeah, I went with Kansas State. I Duke is like the trendy pick because they look so good against Virginia and, and yeah, obviously shot the ball really well, played good defense. Cam Reddish came out as a much better defender than I had expected. Um, but they're not the team I picked. I took Kansas State. They beat the Jayhawks at Bramlage. It's the first time the seniors have beaten the Jayhawks. Huge win for them. And then to bounce back and win at Baylor, a team that I still don't know if they're good or not. I don't think they are. Um, but they were very much in the bubble consideration. They still kind of are on the fringe um, after a hot start to conference play, but that winning a, a road game in conference play is tough as is, especially against a team that is a little bit desperate and needs a win to, to get back into the bubble talk or into the NCAA tournament talk, uh, and then coming off that emotional high. So I took Kansas State. Yeah, I mean, Duke winning at Virginia might have been like the single most impressive win of the season, but kind of kind of Duke overkill at this point. And Kansas State, on top of that, I had them as most impressive too. Kansas State actually has a lead in the Big 12. They're a game and a half clear of everybody, too clear in the loss column. Obviously, Kansas is the team you have to beat if you want to win the Big 12, but like you mentioned, Baylor was kind of under the radar up at the top with everybody else too. So that's two wins against pretty good competition. And I mean, there was some offense there too. They hit 10 threes against Kansas. They hit nine against Baylor. This is an offensively challenged team, typically top 10 defense. Right. Um, but the offense is, is kind of a struggle at times, but I mean, if they can actually shoot the ball, that, that helps considerably. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're in the driver's seat right now. So, They'll definitely lose their next two games, but for right now... It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. Right now, they are uh, they control their own destiny in the, the Big 12. Yeah, they... Uh, I mean, this is... We talked about it earlier this year. You know, they've been dealing with injuries. Dean Wade's been in and out of the lineup. They've had other guys go in and out with, with different ailments, but their offense is going to struggle. That's just how it is right now. It's not fluid. They haven't had the continuity in the roster to get it there, and they've got talented players. They just their defense feeds the offense and that's how this team is going to win games. They're, you know, they're one of the top defensive teams in the country for a reason. And uh, that, that's where you're going to see them thrive. And that's, I mean, that's how they win games. That's how they got to the elite eight last year. That and a little bit of luck, but that's how they got there last year. Yeah. My, uh, my other most impressive, another solid defensive team, Florida state. who has yeah. been very streaky this year. Yeah. Um, a good streak right now, five in a row. Beat Louisville, um, and then uh, blew out Syracuse as well. Beat Louisville with, I mean, two starters not even scoring a single point, um, which speaks to the fact that they actually have uh, some scores coming off the bench, which has not always been uh, Leonard Hamilton's forte down at FSU and. I mean, we were we were talking about them a couple weeks ago. Definitely stumbled, um, if not just fell flat on their face at the start of conference play. They have 
right of the right of the ship considerably and i mean they're not i mean they could play themselves into like a top four seed i don't think that's out of the question right now absolutely and it's i mean especially given the the depth of the acc and the teams at the top when you've got you know louisville's come out of nowhere essentially to 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 play so well um when you've got teams like that and in the top half of the league just just so loved nationally i mean you Syracuse kind of counts. I don't. I don't really know if I'd put them there, but like Virginia Tech's a very good team. You know, North Carolina, Virginia, and Duke obviously all top ten teams. North Carolina State's going to be a tournament team. Clemson's on the bubble, so they're they're quad one and like really good opportunity wins to get there. Um, but it's just avoiding that bottom half of the league, which is bad this year. From Notre Dame down, Notre Dame through Miami is, is not good teams. Yeah. Yeah, Notre Dame just lost to Miami, which pretty much tells you all you need to know right. about the Irish. Shocking that the John Mooney is not the starting center for a good team in the ACC. It's it's mind bottling, yeah, as they would say. <laughs> um, who else you got for most impressive? Uh, I had Houston. They had Obviously. probably the best week you could have in the American. Beat Cincinnati at home just put on an unbelievable defensive effort in the final six minutes holding the Bearcats to, I believe, zero points. They may have gotten a late bucket, but uh, a great win there, and then they beat UCF on the road. Two two big wins in that conference. They're legit. You know, they were recognized by the tournament committee in the top three. Is it a three seed, and they're a top ten team right now in the AP. Yeah, I mean, that's it's far and away the – two next best teams in the American. So right with, uh, with Wichita struggling this year, it's, it's pretty clear. Houston and Cincinnati are the class, the conference. And that was, uh, one of the first kind of, kind of national stage games, I would say for Houston mm-hmm. um, playing Sunday afternoon, no football going on. Um, really, um, except for some, some AAF action. Right. <laughs> but, or whatever the fucking abbreviation is. Uh, so, yes, Kelvin Sampson still got to be front runner national coach of the year, um, deservedly uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I think Chris Mack is right there with him, maybe even above. There are, but there are there are multiple good coaches in the country. Certainly, yeah, yeah it's far it's far from decided. Uh-huh. Um, but credit credit's definitely due there and. Yeah, I mean this is a this is a unit that's that's slowly creeping up the defensive side of the ball. We talk about um, Cincinnati all day long. That's that's what they're known for. It's their defense. Um, Houston is a solid twenty five spots better in Ken Palm uh, defensively than them. Which really speaks to um, how you know the whole team has has really bought into that. And when you are a a smaller school, not that Houston's super super small. We're not talking about Wofford here, but I mean, you're going to be at a talent disadvantage more often than not. Um, so when you can defend the way they can, when you see a three seed next to their name, it makes sense. And this is a team that can absolutely make a run. But, I mean, as as yeah. Nevada and, and Buffalo are finding out, just just avoid the bad losses. And that'll, that'll continue to help your case. They have so far, um, as, we've, as we've said, should probably be undefeated as it is, but I mean, they can only control what's ahead, and they are so far. This is kind of a, a, I don't know if I'd say a down year for the American, but 
it's top heavy quote, more than yeah usual. like quote unquote traditional powers aren't that like not that UConn's ever really been that great in the American, but that's a team that or that's right. a program that you would hope can can kind of be doing some things they're not. Wichita State really is the one that's having a down year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean Cincinnati is a team you got to beat to to impress the committee, and they they did that yesterday. Yeah, and they they are very similar, I think, stylistically to that SMU team from a couple years ago with Semi Ojale and uh, mm. what's it, Shake Milton. Yeah, and make they, more. Yeah, they they have like maybe a true point guard, and then everybody else is essentially positionless. They like switch on ball screens like Duke does throughout the entire defense of possession, and no real big man. But it's interesting. They're they're an interesting team to watch. They're fun on defense, and uh, when they figure out how to score, they they're good as well. But I have like. I have LSU as another team, but then I have three bubble teams and one uh, one team that I'm just going to throw a little hat tip to. Uh, but do you have any others for most impressive? Let's let's hear it. Uh. LSU they bounce back from the Arkansas loss with a road win over Mississippi State, who's a tournament team, and then they beat Auburn at home. Auburn starting to come back on the upturn. It would be great if this team just didn't get down double digits like every single game i think you know they'd be in a lot better position overall but they're 19 and 4 and a top 20 ranked team so maybe what do i know you know but they they have a good chance at kentucky to to prove a few prove that they are a contender in the sec and then that uh they're good enough to play with the big boys um the bubble teams clemson they picked up a huge win against Virginia Tech. Yes, Virginia Tech does not have Justin Robinson, but they're still number 11 when they won it. It's a quad one win, and that's what Clemson desperately needed because they didn't have a good win. on Their their best win was Lipscomb coming into that game. And rankings-wise, like that is a pretty good win when you look at the numbers and the, the ratings and all that stuff. But on paper, Clemson should be beating Lipscomb. Uh, yeah, it's not gonna not gonna jump off the page at anybody. Right. TCU is another team. They had lost three of their last five, uh, including a road loss by twenty six to Baylor. They come back, beat Oklahoma State barely, and then take care of business at Iowa State. Hilton is not an easy place to play. That win will go a long way, especially uh, that one will jump out at you on a resume and, and looking at that. And then uh, the last team was Ohio State. I hate I, – I didn't want to do it, but Ohio State picked up – survived against uh, Penn State and then beat Indiana on a late bucket. Indiana win, I think, still is going gonna, is gonna to move them a little bit. Penn State obviously just is avoiding a bad loss, but that's what Ohio State needed. They're back to 6-6 six and six in Big Ten play, um, which, is, which is where they need to be if they want to have a chance at a bubble. Uh, at large bid and the, the last team is illinois the illini knock off michigan state and then survive against rutger um they almost scored 100 points and this is i don't know it's they're just a very weird team to watch because they're they're kind of fun for spurts and then they're like the worst basketball you'll ever watch and it's it's very confusing, but they they're on a three game win streak. They just beat Nebraska, Michigan State, and Rutgers. Yes, it was all at home, but watch out for the Illini, most dangerous nine win team in America. I gotta I gotta push back on the Ohio State. Okay, anointing them most impressive. Like that's just two wins against bad teams. Uh, like 
I mean, they're in a spiral. Assembly Hall. Assembly Hall is not a difficult place to play right now. Like okay. Indiana's, Indiana's lost four in a row there, and it took like going unconscious from three for like a minute and a half stretch in the second half to break forty points like thirty five minutes into the game for for Indiana. So Ohio's, I mean. Like it was, it was a, it was not a well played game either way. Certainly, think, like they almost lost at home to Penn State. They, they did not lose, which I guess in in our participation trophy society might be good enough to to deem this as a great week. But I don't know. So I put them up there because they lost six of their last seven going into the Rutger game a week and a half ago. They won that, which they should, and then you know to be able to avoid the bad play moving forward and continuing to win in a situation where you know confidence is probably at an all time low. They needed to bounce back. That's that's where they needed to do it. And you know, winning, like I said, winning on the road in conference play is not easy. Even if Assembly Hall isn't the toughest place to play, it's still a very good defensive Indiana team. Yeah, it's it's not difficult in general, but especially. Matinee on a Sunday. It's, it's not, I think it got loud like once. The AAF uh, was taking over. Yeah, that, that was that was it. Everyone tuned into CBS Sports Network. Yep. Um, you mentioned both of. Uh, or, sorry, are you done with most impressive? I am. I am. Okay. You mentioned both of my least impressive teams, and you're building some people up. So I have to to go back and tear them down. Um, Iowa State is my first least impressive. Um, barely beating Oklahoma on the road with an all-time bad beat um, for for some people out there. But um, the, the the TCU loss was was really a bad look. It's like Iowa State can't really decide if they want to be really good because every time they kind of look like they're they're getting over the hump and they can play themselves into. Um, the country's elite, much like they were when they were revealed in the top 16, they immediately go out and, and play like this. And TCU just was dominant offensively, shooting 53% from the floor, over 40% from distance. I mean, they, they missed a good amount of free throws that kind of let Iowa State hang around, but never really were threatening. And, I mean, Iowa State now is, like everybody else, looking up at Kansas State Definitely could have been an opportunity to, you know, maybe steer themselves clear of some of the other challengers. But that's that's one of the the easier weeks you're going to see in the Big Twelve this year um, by opponent, which speaks to how difficult the conference is. Certainly, but right. it's a team. It's it's something that a team of Iowa State's standing should be able to take advantage of. And now, once you you screw that up, you look at the schedule ahead, and now your next game is going to be on the road at Kansas State. So it doesn't get any easier. If you want to go glass out full, you have an opportunity to pick up a full game um, on the league leaders, but mm-hmm. not a not a good last week for the Cyclones. I have two other Big Twelve teams in the least impressive. It's like half the league essentially. But my my number yeah. one was Virginia Tech. Louisville's not a bad loss. It's a home game you let slip away, and if Justin Robinson isn't hurt, you're probably winning that game. But Clemson, losing to Clemson, a team like I had mentioned before, yes, they were desperate for a win. They were they were working for it, and they needed it, but you got to win that game. You can't score 51 points on the road and expect to win a game, no matter how good 
Virginia Tech is defensively, and they're even rated highly in Ken Palm offensively. They're still hovering around the top 10. In the three games since Robinson's been hurt, they've scored 47, 64, and 51, and they somehow have a win, and that is the 47 <laughs> I was going to say, the 47 was a 23-point win. Yes. Um, and it was on the road at NC State, which is a quad one win. So, just just to put that out there, but I don't know what the timetable is. They said indefinitely. I would hope that Robinson can get healthy for the tournament. I've had a foot injury that took a long time to heal. I'm also not a Division One athlete, so I'd cut their time probably in half of what it took me, so probably five weeks if it's a broken bone in his foot, whatever it may be. He could and should probably be back early March is my hope because this team needs him. They they are a shell of themselves offensively without him. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's completely accurate, and – the problem now becomes like this is a team that's playing in the ACC, which yeah. so you've mentioned the the top part of that is better than any other in the country. So in in some conferences, like if this was weirdly, I mean, because Pac-12 doesn't have any good teams, but if this was like a good Pac-12 team, you lose a guy like Justin Robinson, you can probably skate by. Not going to win every game, but you can probably go like six and two over an eight game stretch or something like that. That's a lot harder to get away with. You're playing in the ACC. I had Virginia Tech on my my least impressive list too. Great win for Clemson, but it, it's it's a loss for Virginia Tech that they can ill afford. Um, I mean, kind of kind of same thing as as Iowa State. Like TC is a solid team. There's not. It's a game I mean, you should be winning. It's a little, yeah, it's a little different for Iowa State because they were at home and Virginia Tech was on the road. But even so, this is a Clemson team that I think TCU doesn't is really, better than Clemson, which I think is the difference. Yeah, Clemson doesn't really have a, a power six win like you're just yeah. talking about that that really impresses you. And you know, the Ken Palm numbers might might like them, especially defensively, but their resume. I mean, not even winning two thirds of their games with kind of that, that lack of a marquee win, that's something that, you know, that's a team that Virginia Tech should not be losing to, whether right. they're at full strength or not. Right. But such is life. It is. Um, I, I threw Michigan State on least impressive as well. You can't lose at Illinois. I don't care what the circumstances are. You cannot lose at the State Farm Center or whatever the hell it's called now. Um, it's a bad loss. All in all. Uh, And then I had Oklahoma and Baylor, two teams that were fringe bubble teams that had a chance to get good wins, and they just fell flat. Like you said, Oklahoma, they got off – I don't know. They they were good. Let's try this again. Notre Dame, Wichita State, USC, Creighton, Northwestern was a five-game stretch they had. Oh, and they beat North Texas before that, who has like 27 wins already somehow. But – that was their six-game stretch that they won and somehow got ranked because of it. I think Creighton is the best of those teams. USC probably right behind them. But it's not anything that's going to you know knock down the doors and be like, yep, this is a great Oklahoma team. And then conference play starts, and they just get start, they start getting pumped by all these teams. So this was a chance to kind of prove that they were a decent enough team worthy of bubble consideration. They barely lost to Iowa State like you mentioned, and then uh, couldn't couldn't 
score against Texas Tech, which most teams can't, but it's a home game. You're desperate for a win and bubble situation. You need it, and they couldn't get it. Yeah, I mean, I could uh, I could understand if, like, Joshua Langford was Michigan State's primary ball handler, but, I mean, you still have Cassius Winston turns it over nine times. Like, you play Illinois, you know you're going to turn the ball over, but right. when you have somebody who's like, Cassius Winston has been playing well, even when everyone else hasn't, and, uh, you know, the Michigan State skid, but... In 24 turnovers against Illinois, like on a night where they actually, like, unlike against Indiana, they shot really well from the free throw line. Nick Ward didn't miss. They went 23 of 25 as a team. But when you play Illinois, like, something that you have to be aware of is they're just going to play psycho, chaotic, just seemingly unorganized defense. You're going to get double teamed every opportunity. You have to be strong with the ball, which obviously they were not. Um, they had 17 turnovers at halftime, and we're only yeah. down nine. Some, including myself, would argue that that is not great. Um, but that's, I'll throw my that's, hat in that's, the ring. Yeah, that's Michigan State right now, and you know Izzo just went off on them because they came back out and kicked the shit out of Minnesota over the weekend. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's a, it's a really, really bad stretch for a team that was looking like it was angling for um, – you know, maybe even like a two seed, uh, but who knows how how the resume will look at um, the end of the season? Yeah, it's it's one. I mean, it's a bad stretch. Teams have them, but this is this is a tough stretch for Michigan State. If you it's, were, a, it's if, a bad visual yes, for sure. It, it certainly is. It it did not did not age well, and it will not age well. Um, but yeah, that's. That's the least impressive. I threw Baylor on there as well, but we, we talked about them a little bit. They like Kansas State back in a game at home that they probably should have won. They had a big lead and, and blew it and then lost to Texas on the road. So Baylor is also a least impressive team. Yeah, fair. Um, and then, I mean, I guess I was just saying with Michigan State about how they were angling for a two seed. Like, top 16 was Here released we over the weekend. Michigan State was still a two seed. So... Yeah. All they've done since then, technically, is win. So it's ridiculous. Maybe they're okay. Um, it's I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, it's. I, it's I'll, interesting. I don't know. Duke is the number one overall. Is I get it. Okay, they, like they proved it over the weekend. The win over uh, Virginia. I'm fine with that. Like Duke and Tennessee are interchangeable. They're both going to play in the regional they deserve. So that's okay. Um. I thought Virginia and Gonzaga were still good one seeds as well. I didn't have any problem with the ones. And then you get to the two line. I like Kentucky. I think they're a two seed, very strong. Michigan as well, North Carolina. And then you get Michigan State. And I'm just sitting here wondering how on earth, after losing three games in a row to unranked teams, sure Purdue's good, like better than they were at that point. Indiana's all over the road. I don't know what to think of the Hoosiers. And then Illinois just stinks. And they give them a two seed anyways. Like Purdue, I'm, I mean Kansas should be a four, I think, and they're a three. But Purdue, Houston, any Nevada, I thought those were teams that could have got, been considered for a two seed over Michigan State. Yeah, I, and obviously it wasn't a like 
direct S curve because of conference affiliations, but when you just look at it, it yeah. it looked like they just gave Michigan State like they were picking them as the the strongest two seed, which fortunately they didn't completely lose their mind. That wasn't the case, but right. I mean, it also just speaks to the the fragility of this and how constant changing everything is. The fact that this came out and then you know Iowa State, Wisconsin. Louisville all immediately lost and if the if the bracket came out or if they did this again on Sunday probably have three new teams in there um but it's a it's an interesting snapshot I I don't get why they did this on Saturday yeah that's a it's a Sunday afternoon probably would have been a little better. And they when did it like was, Saturday at eleven thirty. So you're like yeah. halfway through the first half of all these games. Yeah. And so I'm everybody went was... over to CBS. Like what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. And hadn't even made it out of bed yet. Um, but that's that's something that yeah you, you'd think they they would have known that things would change that day. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way all of these teams wouldn't lose. But I mean the whether you want to put Duke at, at number one overall, I mean. They're they're definitely the the most headline grabbing team in the country. Um, Highest potential. I mean, yeah, without a doubt. Um, obviously, if they play Kentucky now, probably a slightly different game. Um, Kentucky is, has improved considerably since then, but yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely arguments to be made for for Tennessee to be the number one overall seed. Um, I mean, I don't think Gonzaga is that far off, realistically. Um, Virginia, just very good against teams that aren't Duke. Yeah. Um, but that's it's kind of the, the thing keeping them from, from getting over the hump. And, I mean, hypothetically, in their, in their made-up region, which obviously isn't real life, but, I mean, I think a team like Kentucky would would more than be able to, to keep them from from going to the final four yet again, yeah. similar athleticism to Duke. Yeah, it's and, a matchup nightmare for them. And now that I'm fully reading it, Sweet 16 matchup of, of Virginia Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Oh man, that bet the under. Good, good thing this isn't real life. Yeah. I mean, I think the four line was the most interesting part of the entire thing because it was Iowa State, Nevada, Louisville, and Wisconsin. Nevada. Yeah, New Mexico is a terrible, terrible loss. But I think Nevada, just looking at it, is a significantly talented team and like one of the deeper teams in the country. And I would take them over Kansas right now very easily. If you put those two teams head to head, I would take Nevada by maybe even double digits. Like I just think they're that that good, and uh, that matchup is just a, a bad matchup for Kansas overall. But I mean, why? It seems like name brand is getting more pull in this than it should. Potentially. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's a team like Villanova, plenty of plenty of name brands yeah, doesn't doesn't get that. in. Um, I thought them and uh, even though they, they had lost earlier in the week, I was a little surprised uh, Virginia Tech was left out yep. entirely. Um I had Wisconsin and Iowa yeah. State out and Villanova and Virginia Tech in. Oh, nice. On the same page. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 
Villanova is still probably right there because they did lose, but it was at Marquette in a fantastic game. It's hard to penalize them that much for it. I think right. it really helps Marquette's resume, but mm-hmm. especially after really... losing to St. John's again. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it really tanks uh, Villanova all that much, but it'll be be interesting to see what changes between now and and next month when you know the, the field's revealed for for real yeah i think i don't know this didn't really give a good insight into how seriously they take the net like how heavily weighed it is um obviously we're not going to be able to see that until we see the actual bracket but it seems that uh the big east is not getting much value via the villanova not in the top four seeds which has me very concerned because the conference is just not not in a good spot right now um but yeah that's those are my thoughts on the top 16 and if you want to read the rest of them it's uh let me be frank com. great site i've heard um <laughs> can, can confirm uh so let's go to our own rankings uh this week we stopped at 10 rather than 16 um but yeah, let's, let's hear him. So I moved Marquette down to number 10 because of the St. John's loss, but more so because of the teams uh, who were behind them moved ahead. Nine, Houston. Uh, eight is North Carolina. Seven, Michigan. Six, Kentucky. Five, Nevada. Four, Virginia. Three, Gonzaga. Two, Duke. And Tennessee at number one. Uh, I flip-flopped. Duke and the Zags did not go all the way. Put Duke at number one. I still think Tennessee's up there. They've got a really good chance to prove it this weekend against Kentucky. Otherwise, uh, we're, we're going to be in some trouble when, if the uh, the Wildcats can beat Tennessee, it is at Rupp, so that'll be an interesting one. Tennessee is solid. I agree. That was, that was a brave take. It was. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got Houston at ten. Cracking into the the top ten, I thought Marquette's win over Villanova slightly outweighed uh, their loss to to St. John's. Uh, so I've got them at nine. Michigan at eight. Trout Virginia down to seven. Um, gotta gotta be a little more competitive at home, I would say, even against Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, UNC at six. Um, those two are playing right now, so it's very possible that you know Virginia just whoops the hell out of of umc and and makes me look silly but they're up seven right now yeah so that was that was predictable uh <laughs> they nevada at five uh kentucky at four which hurts wow. uh, duke at three gonzaga at two tennessee at one gonzaga is just kicking the shit out of everyone in the west coast conference um killian tilly i mean brandon clark is is more than making up for the loss of, of Killian Tilly. I think he's a pretty pretty clearly conference player of the year right now. Yeah. Um, and the I only competition really, yeah, the only competition really would be coming from his own team. Yeah. Um, Moore is still playing solid. Like the St. Mary's game is, or like the St. Mary's games are supposed to be like competitive. Um, or like the the biggest challenge they get every year. Obviously, San Francisco a little better this year, so that was a challenge on the road, as I predicted. 
Gonzaga cruised in the rematch by 30, and then they beat St. Mary's two days later by 48. Like, these are... Yeah. These are eviscerations, and, I mean, on the one hand, Gonzaga might be getting, um, or might not have the, the world's best competition right now, but they're not playing down to it in the slightest, which is comforting as someone who who roots for them occasionally. Um, Stake a coin, yeah, something I, I like still, that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's getting all too familiar where I, I don't have Indiana in the NCAA tournament, so gotta got to root for the Zags because they're always there. Imagine, uh, but, I mean, imagine if the talks had gone elsewhere last, uh, last offseason and Gonzaga is in the Mountain West right now like they were originally thinking about. Imagine two times a year, Gonzaga, Nevada. I mean, it'd be great for Nevada. Yeah. Um, like, the only way that's bad for Nevada is if Gonzaga wins twice by 30, which isn't happening. Right. Because, um, yeah, right now, both teams are I mean, really walking on eggshells. Gonzaga obviously scheduled a, a tougher out-of-conference schedule. The win over Duke um, is obviously carrying a lot of weight at this point, and the fact that they only lost to the number one team in the country, Tennessee, and uh, current, I think, number eight team in the country on the road. Um, it's pretty good, solid out-of-conference wins. Um, but, I mean, Nevada would love to play Gonzaga twice and, and not have to worry about, you know, the the one loss to New Mexico, New Mexico banishing them to the four line, yeah. Right. But it's, it's apparently where, where they're at right now. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I think I think the Zags are impressive, like you said, Brandon Clark. Imagine if he got a little more run at San Jose State. Like, what would what would he be? I mean, he, he got he, he got plenty of run. He was uh, he was an incredibly high usage player as a first team All Conference player. Um, but he he recognized that that program just stunk and. <laughs> They go somewhere else. Like astute observation. T- take a take a quick peek at where they are right now. Three and nineteen. Um, there are how many wins do you think they have if he stays? I don't know. I mean, I I would like to think he could at least double that. I was going to say Is there, nine. I think he could triple yeah, it. I wanted to be a little conservative, but. Yeah, like because I think this seventeen points a game is more like twenty five if he's playing at uh, San Jose State. Yeah, and his rebounds are probably closer to like he's probably putting up like Mike Dom numbers right now. Yeah, because his his usage is considerably down, but just way more efficient. Like there are like twelve worse teams in college basketball than San Jose State. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a handful. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good company. Um, they're just. Uh, Right behind Southern, just ahead of Savannah State, so right in the uh, right in the thick of the action. It's great that he shoots better from the field than he does the free throw line. Yeah, that's uh, by three hole what, percentage. What's that guy's name? Oh, again, some Joey Dorsey shit. Yeah, former former Memphis great. Um, yeah, but Brandon Clark's good at basketball. I think is the uh, he is the summary here. Uh, do we want to talk about LeGerald Vick? Oh, uh, we can. The, and there's actually what is it? A personal leave he's taking? Uh, yes. And I didn't really see 
and he, yeah, just helping out his family. Um, they just said it was some personal matters he had to attend to. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is already a thin Kansas team. I think they're, they're suiting up like 10 players right now. Um, no joke, obviously. Vic really carried them in the early part of the season when he would go off and have like 30 point games. He has come uh, way back down to earth. You're also missing Marcus Garrett now, um, who's been, been injured. And I mean, it's uh, the, the breaks are going against Kansas. I don't want to ask if they're going to win the uh the title but there is i think considerably more adversity facing them this year more than just you know the typical wins and losses like they'll go through kind of a a rough patch in january where they'll lose like two of three three or four as they have again this year but kind of just missing so many guys i think is is a new wrinkle that if they are to keep the streak alive, they're going to have to have somebody step up. I mean, you you would expect Dietrich Lawson, but he's already carrying so much of the weight. Like a, a guy like Quentin Grimes really has to step up and yeah. and play to I mean kind any of, of his the transfers potential. Like yeah. KJ Lawson. What about Charlie Moore? I mean, Agbaji is a revelation. In uh, you know he he's come out of nowhere in the last couple games and really played well. But other than that, I mean, they where is this team going to get it from? They don't rebound very well. They have no interior defense because Dietrich Lawson is the only one, and he plays hard, but he gets in foul trouble more often than not. I mean, Light, Lightfoot can't really handle it. McCormick hasn't been able to do it. They They need to go guard heavy here, and they just don't seem to have the guards they usually do. Yeah, um, I mean, playing at TCU tonight, right right after we finish recording this, that'll be, it'll be a tough game, so we'll have to generate additional scoring from from somebody. Mm-hmm. Really, really don't know. Um, but yeah, that's, it's kind of, they, can't, they can't afford to, to lose tonight and go two full games behind Kansas State. I could for sure foresee a scenario in which there ends up being like a three or four team tie in the Big 12 and Kansas gets to continue its streak on a technicality like that. But, I mean, that's uh, they really, really got to get a win tonight to to keep just a one-game deficit behind Kansas State. It's a big one. I mean, TCU can probably lock up a bit if they win this and then just play decent basketball the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean that'll will give them the same number of wins as Kansas. Obviously, very different routes to get there. But right. I mean, I, I think if you're if you're a major conference team and you end up getting you know twenty wins, you have to really play a shit schedule to to not get strong consideration. Mm-hmm. You got to play a Georgetown like schedule from yeah. last year, two years ago, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, start off like. 12 and 0 against nobody inside the top 200. The entire Mac or MIAC and SWAC. Yeah. That's mm. all you're playing. The, the Mac with two A's. <laughs> They're but. having a hell of a year if you haven't seen that. Monmouth, I, who was the second to last team in America to get a win, leads the conference at 8 and 4. Wow. That's. 
That, that leads me to, I haven't seen their out-of-conference schedule, but that leads me to believe it was some Mike Davis shit. Um, <laughs> it was not, unfortunately. Uh, well, that's... King, that's Rice, a, King Rice was in a hell of a hell of a slump there early. I'd say uh, it's a real, a real bad look for the conference <laughs> then, if that's your leader, but... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's uh, that's about it. But two two last shout outs. I don't know if there's anything else we wanted to touch on. But Virginia is now four of four in the half court shot contest for game day. Student hit. I think is his third shot. One nineteen grand. So like you were joking about pre show, half a semester's worth, half a year's worth of tuition. Um, that's a. Uh, I mean, it'll play, but it's it's not going to be enough to cover things. So stay. like I. Especially at a school like Virginia, where, it's so where like, yeah, it's like I so I was so confused when you first said nineteen thousand. It's like that. That's definitely not their tuition. Like, <laughs> why? Why not just do it? Hit a half court shot for for a year's year. tuition. Yeah, yeah, like that. That seems much cleaner. It's, than out of state tuition is forty four thousand three hundred sixty five dollars. Yeah, in so state is fifteen thousand one hundred ninety two. These numbers are as of twenty sixteen. Okay, so it's probably more. That's that's still really expensive for in state. That's like some some U of I shit. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. So maybe it'll cover a year, or maybe it'll cover less than a semester. All right. Good for that kid. Either way, I would love nineteen thousand free dollars right now. As would I. I would gladly but, take that. <laughs> The uh, the last shout-out I guess I have is uh, the unluckiest team in America, the Illinois State Redbirds, lose a – they blow a five-point lead in seven seconds and lose on their second half-court shot of the season. This one was at Missouri State. The Bears uh, hit a couple free throws, force a turnover and just a mad scramble for the ball, pick it up, heave it from half-court, and bank it home to win by one. So I I did see that highlight, and you saying that right now made me wish that somehow Ken Palm's like luck rating factored in something like that, rather than just right. like looking at the team's um, Pythagorean essentially and seeing how how above or below that is, because that would be that's a great look very a very yeah. fascinating to to look at. Because um, I mean, as it. As it stands, Ken Palm's trying to tell me that Illinois State is thirty fifth in luck, which that is clearly if you, saw, if you saw the end of that game, that just cannot be the case. That's I mean, it's their second one of the year. They lost to Valparaiso on that too, and it, those two games cost them the lead in the Missouri Valley right now. They'd be tied yeah. with uh, Loyola for the lead. Yeah, any any uh, faint hope that that league might have had very, 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 very early in the season about potentially being multiple bids. It's long gone. Um, so, I mean, conference, conference, conference seating is going to be everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, I mean, it's uh, Arch Madness is always one of my favorite tournaments. I uh, watch it longingly on that Sunday afternoon game, the championship. <laughs> Illinois State's lost, I think, like six of the last 11 titles. So, they, it feels like they're due, especially given all this bad luck this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know who does Arch Madness anymore, but I'll always associate like Dick Enberg with that, even though I know he's been retired for right. like like ten years now. Uh, they used to have Vern on the call for a little bit too. Um, yeah, 
they get the yeah, Vern, Vern's another guy they got to bring back. Yeah, they get the A team out for Arch Madness. It's yeah, great as as they should. Yeah, they should. It's they, a it's a big deal. They deserve it. Uh, um, but that's yeah. all the shout outs I had. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything else either. Um, yeah, so big week potentially. Um, big game of the week happening right now, as we said. Hopefully. North Carolina does something to make my make my rankings look a little better. Um, we will be off next week. I will be out of town, but everyone in two takes weeks, the week off. It's uh, we got the Monday, so yeah. <laughs> um, we uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Talk about basketball, and we are uh, in this final stretch of the tournament right now. It is. Um, so we're we're getting close to conference tournament season and the Jerome and all that good stuff. So. God, Keep on I listening. I forgot about the Jerome. It's too much fun. It's too much fun.